Brother Waldrop, we're glad you're here. I want you once again, take your liberty. Preach to me tonight. God bless you. Would you put your hands together unto the Lord? Let's praise Him according to His Word. Somebody shout unto God with a voice of triumph as you clap your hands. Unto the Lord, hallelujah. We glorify the mighty name of Jesus. We bless the mighty name of our God. Amen, amen. Genesis chapter 35 is where we will read our text tonight. We do appreciate the opportunity to be involved in the work of God here in Olathe, Kansas. Thankful that God is mindful of this church and of all the souls that are connected with this church. Amen. God is not just concerned about us here tonight, but he's concerned about family and friends and co-workers and neighbors. Amen. People that we don't even know, he's concerned about. God so loves the world. God loves the mayor and God loves the fire chief and God loves the doctor and God loves the lawyer. God loves the ditch digger. God loves the dental assistant. God loves the postman. God loves the drug dealer. Amen. God loves the harlot. Amen. He loves those that are bound by sin. Amen. We're glad about that because many of us were there at one point in our lives. Amen. I said that's where we were, but God reached us. Amen. With his great love wherewith he loved us. Amen. We were dead in trespasses and sins. Amen. But thank God that's in the past. And if it's not, it can be shortly. He's still a God of deliverance tonight. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Verse 16 of Genesis 35. They journeyed from Bethel, and there was but a little way to come to Ephrath, or Bethlehem. Rachel travailed, and she had hard labor. It came to pass when she was in hard labor that the midwife said unto her, notice what the midwife said, Fear not, thou shalt have this son also. Amen. Don't be afraid. A son is being born. One translation or version of the Bible I read, this verse of Scripture in, this is an, an, an exclamatory statement. Rejoice, you're having another son. Verse 18, and it came to pass as her soul was in departing, for she died. She called his name Benoni, but his father called him Benjamin. Amen. Different uh, perspectives of revival. She called him Benoni, but his father called him Benjamin. Rachel died and was buried in the way to Ephrath, which is Bethlehem. Jacob set a pillar upon her grave, that is the pillar of Rachel's grave, and to this day Israel journeyed and spread his tent beyond the tower of Eder. Amen. Familiar story to many of us, Jacob and Leah and Rachel, the birth of the sons of Jacob who become the 12 tribes of Israel. Most of us are very familiar with the family dynamic of Jacob's home, marrying sisters, Rachel and Leah, the deception of his father-in-law, Laban. We know all about this. And uh, I'm, I'm focusing tonight on the fact that Rachel died and Rachel was buried. And Jacob 
set a pillar upon her grave. And Israel journeyed from the grave of Rachel. Amen. With God's help tonight, I want to preach what God has burdened my heart with tonight. This subject, burying barrenness. Burying barrenness. Praise God. The Holy Ghost wants to help tonight. Tell you, I feel such an unction of the Holy Ghost coming down upon me even now. Would you lend yourself to the Holy Ghost and the voice of the Spirit tonight? Come on, let's pursue after the desire of God tonight in this house. Hallelujah. Oh, God, we're listening for your voice tonight. We're listening for your voice, God. We're attuning our ears to your voice. Hallelujah. We're attuning our ears to your voice, oh, God. In the mighty name of the Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Please be seated tonight. Lord bless you. I want to begin this message tonight by making a very obvious statement, and that is quite simply no one wants revival more than God wants revival. You can't out-desire the Savior. Man, the Bible still declares of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. No one wants it more than the one whose idea it was and whose will it is and whose death, burial, and resurrection facilitates what we are promoting here tonight. Feels as if we've entered into a phase of revival here at the Truth Church where God is revealing what would hinder and encouraging what would facilitate true apostolic revival. Not just what some would call revival or what some would deem revival, but true apostolic revival. I want what God calls revival. Amen. God uh, has declared uh, revival for the true church. And you as the true church uh, have in turn responded to God that has declared that you can have it, uh, that you want it. Amen. This is not just uh, empty words. We've lived this. We've experienced it thus far uh, in these series of services. God has emphatically declared it is his will for the true church to have true apostolic revival. God has emphatically declared he intends you to be a part of his will being unfolded in this city in this season. Time after time, uh, the truth church has rallied to the word of God uh, and you have responded uh, in the positive. God, uh, if you want it, uh, we want it. Uh, Man, if you declare it, uh, we claim it. Uh, We want the will uh, of God. Uh, We submit and we surrender to uh, the will of God for our lives. We submit and surrender to the will of God uh, for our families, for our uh, communities. Can you shout hallelujah? Man, God, uh, just this past Sunday, challenged this church uh, about your consecration and uh, your hunger. Again, God is revealing what would hinder and encouraging what would facilitate real revival. 
That's why God is taking time to challenge the true church. Thank God he's not leaving us alone. Thank God that God is not content just to leave us as we are and say, you can have this where you are and so just be satisfied with what you can get from where you are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, there's sometimes it takes a little bit more effort to, to reach a little higher. Hallelujah. I, I, I was uh, a year ago or so, going on two years ago now, shortly, we had uh, signed a contract to purchase a house and enter into a mortgage agreement. And uh, the house that we purchased was really not that old, but uh, it had been occupied by a single mother and several children. So uh, you don't have to turn your imagination loose very long before you realize that there was little TLC that was needed to to get it to how we, we would want it. It was in good structural condition, but it just needed some paint on the walls. And uh, some people would call me tall. I guess that would be relative, cons- considering what your height might be. And a six foot three is tall if you're five foot two. But if you're seven foot six, it's not that tall. So for the most part, uh, you know, with uh, nine foot ceilings and I'm six foot three and, and uh, I stand flat footed and reach up and I can pretty much reach close to eight foot and you put a roller in my hand and I can reach even a little bit higher. Amen, I hate painting but I like the results of it. And I've come, oh my Lord have mercy, I've come to the revelation that the reward is worth the sacrifice. I don't enjoy the process, but I appreciate the results of the process. And I'm willing to go through the inconvenience of the process in order that I might enjoy the results of it. Amen, but if I wanted to do it right, there were places in the house where I had to not just be satisfied with how far I could reach on my own, but I had to go to the garage and get out the ladder. It meant there's something at my disposal that'll help me get to a place that I can't reach on my own. I'm telling you, you can have so much revival where you are, but thanks be unto God, he's got something in this Holy Ghost garage that'll say if you'll put forth a little more effort, I've got something that you can stand on. I've got something that you can climb onto. I've got something that you can experience and you can reach places you've never reached before. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, God is preparing the house to be occupied. Don't be offended if God says, come on, let's spruce up the house a little bit. Don't be offended if God looks around and about and upon all things and he says there's something in the house that needs to be put on the curb. Come on, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Amen, it's a good thing for the tables of the money changers to be overturned. It's a good thing for Jesus to take a scourge in his hand and cleanse the temple. Amen, whatever it takes, we want to be the church that God wants us to be. I don't want to belong to a church that says we've got it the way we want it. 
because according to Revelation chapter 3, that's a church where Jesus is on the outside. You don't want to have the church, amen, the way your flesh wants it. We don't want to have an attitude that says we're rich and increased with goods and in need of nothing. We don't want to come to church and say we're satisfied. We've got our music the way we want it. We've got our program the way we want it. We've got our presentation the way we want it. Oh man, amen, there's nothing wrong with having nice things and things being done decently in order. That's all fine and well, but it's not us that makes it decent. It's not us that determines whether or not what's being done is in order or not. If it's out of order in the Holy Ghost, it doesn't matter how much it's in order in your flesh. If the Holy Ghost says it's out of order, brother, it's out of order. Would you clap your hands and praise the Lord here right now? Oh, I feel the word of God rolling over in my spirit tonight. Hallelujah. 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 I trust your desire for real apostolic revival is spurring you beyond a simple recognition of God's voice. Amen. God has much more positive things to say about those that hear and do than those that only hear. Uh, acknowledging the voice of God is a good thing. But it takes more than recognizing his voice. What good is hearing if there's no doing? What good is getting directions if you don't follow them? What good is the map app? if you don't type in your destination. Well, I know what Rand McNally says, but I think there's a better way. Don't ask me to ride with you. Please don't be offended, but we're gonna be done eating before you even get there. Amen. I'm going to follow the directions of the one that knows the end from the beginning. Excuse me, Alpha and Omega. Beginning and the ending. The first and the last. The Almighty. I think I'll ride in his chariot. I think I'll follow his instructions. Amen. If that's not what you want, amen, do it your way. But you're going to get left behind. You're going to make a wrong turn. You're going to lose direction. Oh, I'm taking way too long already tonight. The prophet of preaching is only experienced by mixing the preached word with faith. Amen. Paul writes to the Corinthian church, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Salvation comes to believers. Amen. Preaching is to everyone, but salvation comes to those that believe what is preached. We realize in the biblical narrative, Genesis chapter 30, God remembered Rachel and God hearkened to her and opened her womb. We also realize this evening that there is a condition far more serious than physical barrenness. There are characteristics revealed about Rachel that do more than hinder revival but prevent revival. Prevent the church from experiencing what 
God has designed his people and desired his church to experience. Amen, I'm not preaching for your amens, but you need to, to not get quiet right now. Not for the preacher, but for your church. Not for the evangelist, but for your revival. Amen, don't hoop and holler during the introduction. And then when I get where the Holy Ghost says to go, sit down and say, well, I don't know about all that. Don't you dare submit to a spirit of demonic intimidation. Don't you dare make allowances and conveniences for your carnality. Come on, we, we've come to have revival. We've come to receive the word from the Lord tonight. I said there's a lot of good things about Rachel. She has a nice countenance. She's easy to look at. She's a beautiful young lady. But there were some things inside that went beyond that pretty face. Amen. That won't just hinder what we call revival. It'll stop it in its tracks. It'll prevent a church from experiencing the fulfillment and the fullness of God's will in our generation. My God, I want a church that's more than easy to look at. I want more than a nice facility. I want more than an attractive program. Nothing wrong with a pretty face, but you can't have revival if all you have is a pretty face. Somehow or another, God's going to have to remember and hearken and open. Genesis 32 and 28, God said, thy name shall, somebody shout, shall, shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God. You've got it. You have power with God. And you have prevailed. But you shall be Israel. Am I reading this right, elder? He says, as a prince, you have prevailed. And you have power. But you're still Jacob. You shall be Israel. Jacob, if you'll keep exercising your authority and keep living within your privilege, there's a change coming, son. You're Jacob today, but it's my plan. You won't always be Jacob. You won't always be hindered by your current reputation. You won't always be known by what you're known for now because you have prevailed and you have power as a prince with God. What God is saying is, Jacob, don't be satisfied with what happened last night, but keep after it. Amen. Your passionate pursuit for a divine demonstration has facilitated a prevailing as a prince and a power with God. Don't stop now. Thank God for a breakthrough last week, but we need another one this week. Thank God for what we feel right now, but we need to feel it again Sunday. Thank God for good prayer before church this evening, but let's have good prayer in the morning. Keep exercising power. Keep possessing power. Keep demonstrating power. Keep pursuing a spiritual prevailing.
You have power and you have prevailed, but you shall be Israel. That's Genesis 32. Verse 1 of Genesis 32 or 33, Jacob lifted up his eyes. Genesis 34, the next chapter. Jacob, 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 Jacob. Genesis 35 and 1, God said to Jacob. 35 and 2, Jacob said to his household. 35 and 4, they gave unto Jacob uh, all the strange gods. 35 and 6, Jacob came to Luz. 35 and 9, God appeared unto Jacob again. 35 and 10, God said, thy name is Jacob. I told you in 32 and 28, you shall be Israel. I'm telling you in 35 and 10, you're still Jacob. Thy name shall, would you say it, shall, shall not be called anymore Jacob, but Israel shall, say it again, shall be thy name. Jacob, something's, something's about to change. Something's about to happen. The Bible said God called his name Israel. Verse 11, the next verse, God said, I'm the God Almighty. Be f- oh, my Lord. He said, I'm telling you something as Israel that I couldn't tell you as Jacob. But I, hey man, when, when, when you become Israel, be fruitful and multiply. Elder, he already had 11 sons. Jacob already was a daddy many times over. But yet God still said, be fruitful and multiply. It wasn't just about Jacob and Leah and Rachel and the handmaids. He said a nation and a company of nations shall be of thee and kings shall come out of thy loins and the land that I gave Abraham and Isaac to thee I will give it. Jacob, this is more than an identity crisis. This is more than a casual name change. This is about a covenant. Amen. Your grandfather and your father knew me in a way that you're about to know me. There's something old-fashioned that's about to enter in. Amen. To this modern generation. You may uh, have different customs than grandpa, uh, amen, but what I told your grandfather, uh, I'm telling you, uh, and what I told your father, uh, I'm telling you, uh, I'll give you the land that I gave to them, uh, and to thy seed after thee, I will give the land. Notice, as long as Israel is in the future, so is the covenant. As long as it Israel shall be, it's I will give. I don't believe I'm being overly meticulous tonight. I'm just reading what the Bible says. I'm just using the language that the Bible uses. Shall be Israel. I will give future tense. You'll never get it as Jacob. But when Israel is no longer a thing, that's to come. But it is what it is. There's a covenant attached to Israel that can never attach itself to Jacob. 
Oh, my Lord. Now, now, now Jacob was a go-getter. Jacob was industrious. Jacob could get things done. Jacob has a, had a good head on his shoulders. He was a good businessman. Yeah, Jacob was successful in many areas of life. Amen. And Jacob, amen, can express a desire for God and get God's attention and procure favor and authority with God. Amen. But something. Hear, hear, hear me tonight. I'm all about, as a prince, having power with God and prevailing. I'm all about that. But I'm more about covenant. I'll shout and dance about power and authority, but not near as much as I'll shout and dance about covenant. As a matter of fact, oh my Lord, Jesus told those disciples that come back, rejoicing that the devils were subject unto them. They were slapping backs and high-fiving and stroking egos. Even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And Jesus said, don't rejoice over spiritual authority. Shame on you if all you can shout about is stomping on the devil. Shame on you if all you can get excited about is spiritual authority. Jesus said that's really no big deal. That's old news. I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Rejoice not that the devils are subject unto you, but rejoice that your names are written. We're going to rejoice about a covenant. We're not rejoicing over power and authority. We're rejoicing over sinners coming to an altar. We're rejoicing over repentance and baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Come on, I gotta preach it tonight. We gotta drive that spirit out of the true church. If if you can shout about power over hell and be bored, amen, when we sing about being saved, something's wrong with you. If you can juke and drive to tearing hell's kingdom down, glory, hallelujah, this is what we've come to do. Tear down strongholds, break the chains, bind the devil in Jesus' name. But then sit there and file your fingernails to once like a bird in prison I dwell. Run the aisles and climb the walls to spiritual authority and power with God. Look and see what time it is when we're singing about being saved. Come on, this, this, this is not my opinion. This is red letters in your Bible. Rejoice that your names are written. Genesis 35, same chapter. Jacob, verse 15, called the name of the place where God spake with him, Bethel. Verse 19, Rachel died. And Rachel was buried. Verse 20, and uh, Jacob set a pillar upon her grave. Jacob memorialized the death and the burial tonight of barrenness I know she gave birth in the flesh but her spirit was a spirit of barrenness her spirit
spiritual characteristics. Amen. Our characteristics. Amen. That counteract covenant. As long as Rachel's alive, Jacob is still Jacob. As long as there's a Rachel, there'll always be a Jacob. As long as Rachel's along for the ride, it's always Jacob that's leading the journey. But Rachel drew her last breath, and Rachel was buried in the ground, and Jacob memorialized the burying of barrenness. It's not my translation. This is King James. When Jacob set the pillar, the next verse says, and Israel journeyed. I've come to preach tonight the difference between Jacob and Israel is not desire. It's the burying of barrenness. The difference between Jacob and Israel is the death of Rachel. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Come on, this has got to be more than good preaching. This has got to be more than a good thought. This has got to be more than evangelistic passion. He that hath an ear, let him hear. You've got to mix this with faith. Not just respond to my sweat. Not just respond to my voice inflection. Please be seated. It was Rachel... When Jacob and all the family left Laban's land, it was Rachel that snuck in the images from the land of Laban. Laban came and said, I understand that you felt you had to leave, but why'd you take my images with you? Why'd you take my idols? Jacob said, we didn't take your idols. Search uh, amen, our possessions. Whoever took them, let him die. And it was in the camel's furniture of Rachel's stuff. Amen. And pretty, prim, and proper Rachel goes and sets her pretty self on top of her furniture and big bad dad comes in the tent and says I've come to look for some images and she says oh dad it's not convenient for me right now to get up there's some family dynamic going on here Rachel was used to getting her way Rachel had adjusted to getting, a, getting by with stuff she shouldn't have gotten by with. Uh, that, that's not what I'm preaching about, but what I am preaching about is you can't have covenant and compromise. I said compromise. He meant counteracts covenant. I said, as long as Rachel is toting along the images from Laban's land, as long as Rachel's hanging on to what I used to worship, I know there's a better way. I know there's a revelation of the mighty God. I know he set me free, but I still enjoy looking at those old images. Come on, it's one thing to have an old driver's license photo as part of your testimony. It's one thing to pull it out and say, look what the Lord has done. Look at the change God's made. It's something else to idolize your past and glorify your past and fantasize about the trips and the drunks and the escapades. And memorialize the football games you used to go to. The movies that you used to watch. 
the music you used to listen to. I'm going to preach to somebody tonight. You keep memorializing the past. Amen. And memorializing the, the past. Amen. And the history, you'll start repeating it. She didn't bring those images along just as memorabilia. She still had the spirit of those images in her heart. It was hidden. It wasn't obvious. Nobody knew what she really was but her. She came to church and looked the part, dressed the part. And the problem was she was acting the part. But when she got back home, it was about the images of the past. I'm going to preach it tonight. If I've got to preach five hours... I don't want to. I really don't. I want to be done here in about five minutes. Amen. But if you don't receive it, I've got to keep preaching it. I'm not preaching it for me. Hallelujah. God didn't give me this until about an hour and a half before church time. Amen, I already had other set of notes ready to go. I'd felt something else in prayer and I was ready to preach it and I got it together and I had some time on my hands. I said, well, let's spend some more time praying about it and the closer I got to church, amen, my burden started shifting and God says you might preach that, amen, later on. But tonight, we got to bury barrenness in Olathe, Kansas. Come on, you can't have covenant and compromise. You can't have Holy Ghost and Hollywood. I'm gonna say it, you can't have spirituality and social media. Come on, I know it's a horse pill, but in Jesus' name, let deliverance come in this modern. Come on, it's an image. It's an image. It's an image. It's an image. It's a covenant counteractor. Would you please lift your hands and pray God's grace on us all right now. on somebody. Brother Walter but social media sin. Amen. I don't know if it is but it can certainly lead to it. Amen. Without question it's a weight. And my Bible says lay aside the weight and the sin. Come on. Let's cleanse ourselves of distractions. Time wasters. Come on, call it what it is. It's compromise. Amen. And you can't have covenant and compromise. It's how Laban does things. It might get tight. I gotta preach what I feel. Social media is a Philistine ox cart. It's how the Philistines carry on their business. It's how the Philistines decide he meant to transport the ark. This is how we promote our religion. This is how we carry on our perspective of Jehovah. It was the same card, folks. It was the Ark of the Covenant. The problem 
It's not what was being promoted by David, but how he was promoting it. Surely, surely you want old time apostolic revival more than you want the conveniences of your generation. Surely, surely you're not wanting to get off the bandwagon now because you got to choose you this day whom you will serve. Surely, amen, your repentance and baptism and salvation experience means more to you than that. And you just want to enjoy, amen, and go along for the ride and just enjoy the emotion of Pentecost. Come on, that's not the revival that God has promised the truth church. That's not the revival that you declare to God, this is what I want. This is not the first time, amen, in this revival, amen, that I've confronted the spirit, amen, the demonic spirit of social media. Amen, go back in the archives. Amen, it's there, I remember saying it, and I'm gonna say it again, you can't have covenant and compromise. Say what you want to, but one thing will lead to another. You know good and well it never stops with one click. You know good and well. I know good and well. It never stops with one click. Come on, let's be honest with ourselves. Hallelujah. Come on, let's get beyond the inconvenience. Rachel, get up. Rachel, I don't care what time it is or how you're feeling. Uh, get up, baby. It ain't in my house and it's not in Leah's house. Amen. I don't care how pretty your face is. I don't care what you've gotten to buy with in the past. I'm tired of making allowances for your pretty face. I, I don't care how much talent you have, how pretty you can sing, how well you can write. Come on, somebody. It's compromise. It's compromise. It's compromise. It was Rachel that coveted Leah's mandrakes. Reuben went out in the field and found this plant that promoted fertility. And man, notice, notice, Rachel was aware of the efforts of others to have revival, to grow the family. Here's Reuben, that's a product of revival. Here's Reuben, a second generation apostolic. And he's bringing home something to mama so she can have some more revival. And Rachel says to Leah, give me your mandrakes. If I can't have a baby, you're not going to have any more. I'm going to say it the way I feel it. Rachel was saying, Leah, you've already made me look bad enough. I will not let you make me look worse. You can't have covenant and competition. We're not competing with one another. When somebody crosses home plate, you know what? The whole team gets a point. And if all you do is a bunt single and somebody else hits a grand slam, guess what? You got on base. And we win. It doesn't matter who has more RBIs. It doesn't matter who the MVP is. That's Jesus anyway. 
because there but for the grace of God go I. In him we live and move and have our being. Amen, concerning, amen, Rachel's handmaid, Billa. When Rachel saw that she was barren and Leah was popping out babies and she was barren and she was envious and Leah was making her look bad. And it's not fair. I'm the pretty one and she's the tender-eyed one. She's not as talented as I am, but she's having a revival. So she says, here, here's my handmaid. You can sleep with her and her babies will by extension really be mine because she's my servant. So Billa has a son and Rachel says, I've gotten justice. Billa has another son. The Living Bible reads about Billa's second son, Rachel named him Naphtali, meaning wrestling for. She said, I am in a fierce contest with my sister, and I am winning. First of all, she succeeded. Because Bill has only had two, and Leah's already had four. Where she gets that perspective, she might be pretty, but she can't add right Excuse me. Four. Two. Two's not winning. But there's something about that spirit of competition. It messes with your perspective. And all of a sudden, when you figure out a way to get a little credit for what somebody else really did, now all of a sudden you've arrived. Well, it's getting quiet in here. I know I'm being long-winded. I'm, I really am sorry. I'm not sorry for what I'm saying. I'm just sorry it's taking me so long to say it. Amen, I'm gonna preach it tonight. Will you please hear it? Will you please receive the word of the Lord? Competition. Amen, it's counteractive to covenant. You can't have covenant and compromise. You can't have covenant and competition. And it was Rachel in our text that her soul was in departing as she's given birth to her second born son. And she called his name Benoni, which means son of my sorrow. She went out into eternity declaring, this is so inconvenient. This cost me way too much. If I'd known it was going to take this, I wouldn't have gone through with it. I would rather live than have revival. I would rather maintain my existence than lay down my life for the cause of revival in the family. I'm going to preach it tonight. Amen. You can't have covenant and convenience. Amen. You can't have covenant when revival's too much trouble. It's too inconvenient to get up in the morning and pray. It's too inconvenient to teach a Bible study. It's too inconvenient to go out of my way and pick up somebody and bring them to church. It's too inconvenient to stay late and pray with a soul in the altar. It's too inconvenient. Uh, they came on Sunday morning and he preached evangelistic and they got in the altar. Hey, man, and my roast is about to burn and uh, I'm gonna miss my nap. Hey, man, we gotta get back here early for church. To Come on, somebody. Uh, you can't have covenant and convenience. She says it's but Benoni, son of my sorrow. But about that time, Jacob walks in and says, not in this family, not in this house. New birth is not sorrowful. 
New birth is not inconvenient. New birth is not too much trouble. New birth doesn't cost too much, no matter what it costs. It's not Benoni, son of my sorrow. It's Benjamin, son of the right hand. This is God's way of saying we still have authority. Come on, don't stick out your chest and pop your suspenders because you have so much power with God when you have empty altars. Come on, don't shout and dance around the aisles about stomping on the devil when you have dry altars. The sign of being on the right hand of God is new birth in the family. The real sign of power with God is adding to the church daily such as should be <laughs> Convenience is counteractive to covenant. Jacob set up the pillar. Jacob memorialized the burial of barrenness. And when Jacob turned his back on the grave of Rachel, he journeyed as Israel. Lift up your hands, please. Open up your hearts, please. Come on, somebody. Amen. It's time for Israel to journey in Olathe, Kansas. It's time to bury barrenness. It's time to bury convenience. It's time to bury competition. It's time to bury compromise. They're covenant counteractors. As long as there's compromise, there's still Jacob. As long as there's competition, there's still Jacob. As long as there's convenience, there's still Jacob. As long as there's spirits that are counteractive to covenant, he'll never be an Israel. Wanting the evangelist to preach something will make you shout is not really wanting revival. Wanting somebody to preach something to make me feel better about myself is not wanting revival. Jacob, I know she has a pretty face. I know she's very attractive. I know she has many redeeming qualities, but son, you'll never be Israel as long as you're married to Rachel. And Israel will never journey until Jacob sets up a pillar on the grave of barrenness. Until you dig the grave for compromise. Until you throw dirt on top of the casket of competition. Till you set up the grave marker on convenience, you'll never be Israel. It will always be what you shall be. I'm gonna say this and then I'm done and what you do with what God said, that's your business. This is not my church, this is your church. I've obeyed God. It's up to you whether or not you do or not. Please don't be offended by that statement. I'm just being raw spiritually right now. 
This is what I feel in the Holy Ghost. I don't know if you're tired of it, but I'm tired for you of shouting about what you're going to be. I said, I'm sick and tired of the truth church getting excited about what you're going to be. Because it's always shall and will. Shall and will. Shall and will. Shall and will. And we keep compromising. Shall and will. We keep shouting. Shall and will. We keep competing one with another. Shall and will. We keep catering to our convenience shall and will and we talk in tongues and we run the aisles and we shed a few tears and, and we shake one another's hands and we come up around the front but there's no sinners in our altars and no babies in our womb we never give birth to Benjamin evidence of true spiritual authority What about Joseph, Brother Waldrop? That's past revival. Rachel said he was going to add me another. I'm gonna, we're not done yet. We're going to have some more revival. And when more revival came, she said, you know what? I should have been satisfied with what I already had. I should have been content with old revival and past revival and remembering revival and shouting about what used to be and looking at Joseph and I'm begging truth church right now. Come on, do right with God's word. Do right with God's desire. Do right with the Holy Ghost affirmation. You know what you're feeling. You know there's a witness of the Holy Ghost. It's more than the redness of my face and the sweat on my brow. It's more the inflection and passion in the voice of this evangelist. You know there's a witness of the Holy Ghost. There's something greater than compromise. There's something greater than convenience. There's something greater than competition. It's called covenant. I'll give you the land, your seed, your future, your virginity is going to be affected by your identity. Come on, don't leave your tears in the pew. Don't leave your passion in the pew. Don't leave your desire in the pew. Bury barrenness. Come on, let the Spirit that hinders promise. Amen. Let it die. Let it die. Let it die, Jacob.
I'm really trying to help somebody. Amen. Amen. The, the, the decibels of your voice. Amen. Don't need to be louder while the preacher's preaching than when you get in the altar. Come on, somebody. You're loud when it's being preached and quiet when it's time to pray about what was preached. Come on, hear this. Please don't be offended. Receive you the word of the Lord. Come on, it's inconvenient. Amen, it's inconvenient. It's out of character. This is not how I act. This is not who we are. This is not how we do things around here. Come on, your name is Jacob. Your name is Jacob. Your name is Jacob. Your name is Jacob. Come on, it's time to bury barrenness so Israel can journey. Come on, it's time to manifest. Even what God says you've got, it's time to walk in the fullness of it. Amen. Come on, you told God you want it. Amen. And God's telling you this is how you have it. Amen. This is how you have it. Amen. This is how it happens. You got to bury barrenness. Get over convenience. Get over competition. Get over compromise. Bury Rachel. Memorialize her burial. In Jesus' name. It's time for Israel to journey.